Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders from throughout the sports event industry. This is Matt Traub, Managing Editor of Sports Travel, and our guests today are Janice Burke, Chief Executive Officer of the Harris County Houston Sports Authority, and Holly Kesterson, Vice President of Events for the Harris County Houston Sports Authority. But before we begin, first a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 23 will be held in the Palm Beaches, Florida from October 2nd through the 5th, 2023. The conference will again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Sports Link Program and NGB Best Practices Seminar, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. For more details on everything planned at Teams, please visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the conversation. The NCAA Men's Final Four, for the fourth time in its history, will be held in Houston, Texas, starting with the semifinals on Saturday and the championship game on Monday. For the third time, the games will be at Energy Stadium, home of the NFL's Texans, and host to many events each year. We talk with Janice Burke and Holly Kesterson about the planning that has gone into this weekend's events, both on and off the court, working with the NCAA for years leading up to Saturday night, civic engagement throughout the community, the hardest parts about putting on and organizing this event, and what it means for the city to be the site for Jim Nance to end his tenure as the play-by-play voice of the Men's Final Four. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Janice Burke and Holly Kesterson, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We are recording this on the Friday of opening weekend for the NCAA tournament on a scale of we're done, ready, waiting for tip-off to where's the court and why hasn't it been shipped yet? How would you evaluate the study of state of preparation for the local organizing committee? I was going to say, I'm going to let Holly answer that. She's walking around very calm and very, uh, she's got a smile on her face. So things got to have to be good, but I'll let her answer. Across the board, we are ready. It is crunch time. So all the bells and whistles are being finalized and little bits being arranged, but 14 days to go. And we are super excited and ready in Houston for the final four. You know, this is the fourth time that Houston has hosted the Final Four, but it's actually the third time since 2011. You guys have been part of the regular rotation over the past decade or so. How would you describe the legacy of this event in Houston, especially for those who are more recent fans of college basketball throughout the region? Well, that's part of what we do. It's part of our DNA is to make sure we're leaving the Houston fingerprint and make sure that we are touching our community. And Holly can go into some of the details, really tangible things that have been done. There's so many amazing things that Houston has to offer and the way that NCA and the Houston Local Organizing Committee have been able to weave those pieces together is what makes big events special. So everything from literacy programs at the third grade level and all the youth events that are going on to a college course that we're running in partnership with our four host institutions and on and on. There's so many amazing touch points and those are for people who don't even have to be basketball fans. And then you add the layers of true basketball fans and the growth of basketball in this community, you know, the revitalization of UH as a dominant basketball program. TSU's made the tournament the last couple of years. It's just an exciting time in our community period, especially an exciting time for big sporting events in the Final Four specifically. And you guys, you mentioned on that, I want to follow up if I can for, with both of you is with every major event comes a variety of community programs and civic engagements. What have you been doing this season to lead up to Final Four weekend? And 
Before then, even, how did you decide what programs and parts of the metro area in different communities would you engage with? So I'll say that there are a lot of really great programs that NCA encourages a community to take on. And then it's how you make those unique to your own community that makes them special. And so we've been able to do that. So Read to the Final Four, which is a third grade literacy program, was actually started in 2016 here in Houston. So the last time the Final Four was in town, it had one school district, 64 teams in it. And so when we talk about legacy and engagement, we wanted to blow that out of the water this go around. And so in partnership with our board, with our community, with the school districts, we're in 11 school districts and we're nearly 39,000 kids who will go through that program this year. So that's just one example of legacy and touch points at the community level. But we've added things like the Fan Jam truck, which has gone all over the city, bringing swag and games and fun about basketball to all the different areas. And then things like the court revitalization project, which is at the Blue Triangle this year. So they're getting a brand new court, really cleaning up and helping improve their facility, all kinds of things. But the priority for us is making sure that we spread the love, that everybody in our community feels like they're a part of this, that they're engaged. And so we're trying to be in as many different school districts, as many different pockets of our community as we can, because we think that that's important. We represent Houston and we represent the greater Houston and Harris County area. And so we need to do our part in making sure we touch as many of those neighborhoods as possible. Yeah. And Holly, what is it? Over 50 million minutes these kids have logged, right? Unbelievable. So our kiddos, our third graders have read more than 50 million minutes and many of them still reading and counting their minutes well beyond their requirements. So that's special because we'll feel those impacts made in years to come as those kids grow up and move on in, in their careers and in their lives. Yeah. We feel like if you can use sports to motivate kids, to want to learn and to get excited about learning, then that's just another kind of halo effect of hosting these big events. You know, Houston has earned a reputation as a big event city over the past couple of decades, both whether it's just through naturally your teams advancing, such as the Astros to the World Series, and then hosting Super Bowls, Copa America, Final Fours, all of those things. For this one in particular, how many local stakeholders are typically engaged throughout the process? And for how long have you been engaging with them? So for years, right, because you go through the bid process and then you go every year to see and learn the best practices from each city. So in that regard, it's been years. And then when you look at just our local organizing committee business community that sits around the table, our volunteers, I, I Holly will have all of the numbers on our volunteer shifts, but um, really a lot of people touch this event and get to be a part of it. Absolutely. It, the number is in the thousands. We have 2,500 volunteers alone. Um, and then you look at, you know, the venues, all the different, you know, entities and engagement opportunities, our community in regards to public safety, the Harris County side of things, the city side of things. There's just so many people it takes coming together. And it's that collaboration, I think, that makes Houston unique and it makes Houston one of the best cities of hosting major events is because we do come together with the primary goal of being the best event we can put on. And so there are thousands of people who we we all thank and are excited to be working with, but it's because of them and us collectively that we can do this each and every time. You mentioned, Janice, obviously this has been a years-long process. So when you guys have been going to the past couple of Final Fours as observers, what are things that you've picked up from other cities that as throughout this process, you've been like, okay, we need, we want to make sure that we're able to copy this or at the very least do it in our own, in our own Houston style. 
Well, I think let's just take one element, the read to the final four that started in Houston in 2016. And then every city um, was required to do it after that because it was so successful. But you watch every city up their game, right? And just do a little bit better, which is great. It makes us happy because that many more kids around the U.S. are being touched. But by the time it comes back in 2023 to us, we needed a full-time person just working that program. So I think we always gain from going to these cities and watching what they do. And every city, again, is trying to do something unique, do something that 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 puts their own fingerprint on it. And we learn from that all the time. Over the past stretch of time in preparing for this, what can you tell us about the process of working with the NCAA as a host city? They've There's been site visits, site evaluations for ancillary events beyond the game itself. You know, how do you work? How long of a process has it been working with them? It's, you know, that the games are going to be at at the Texans home stadium, but working with them and saying, okay, here's where we'll put FanFest. Here's where we'll put this event. Here's how we'll make sure that we'll be transporting everybody around. Yeah. And they come in often and Holly's team, you know, um, gets ready and puts all these events together because we always do a social event when they're in town. And then they have a long list of things to do. You check it off and it's about about the time you're done with that list, they're coming in again. But Holly can give you some of the the fantastic results of working hand in hand with um, NCA and, and really being true partners at the table. Absolutely. NCA, they really are true partners and it's a collaboration in order for us to be successful. They're great at what they do. They know this business. They know this event, obviously, in and out. But it's the partnership of how we make it fit and truly be a positive experience in our community that makes that hand-in-hand experience so important. Um, But they are true partners. They're in every month. Um, We get to spend a lot of time with them. Dan Gavin and Joanne Scott and their whole team are exceptional. I've been extremely, extremely fortunate to work alongside them and their team. And so we're we're appreciative of the support that they've given us and the partnership. Um, And I think that's what makes this event special. What is it like for you guys also is knowing that that weekend – of Final Four, you're going to be hosting the men's. Well, the women's Final Four is in Dallas too, and making sure that you guys are able to kind of between the two of you and the state of Texas really own that entire weekend. Yeah, we actually are excited that the women's are in Dallas. It really kind of is going to showcase Texas. We have a an events trust fund that and and a major events trust fund enforcement program that you'll see a lot of big come to Texas because our state really supports us. But we think it's great because people can get between the two cities too. Both of you guys, what's the hardest part of organizing this event? Janice, what would you say that is for you? I think sometimes you have to keep your eye in the future. So while we're trying to prepare for this event and get ready for it, we also have college football playoffs next year in less than a year. And, you know, World Cup that we're working on and all these bids that just keep coming in that the team has to work on while we're trying to put on the very best event we can. So that's the hardest part from my perspective from for our agency, just balancing all that. We have to keep our eye on the future while we're also trying to do a really good job for this year. I'll say the biggest challenge for me is that there's so much we can do. There's so much opportunity. This event is so positive. The impact and the ripple effects in the community are so fantastic. But we're running out of time now, right? With only 14 days to go to the Final Four, we still are coming up with new ideas and new things we can and want to do. But we've got to be able to prioritize and trim those things down as we get closer and closer. And so the more you've gotten into it, this team has been working on this for nearly two years now. We're, we're breathing and living basketball and college basketball all the time that it's hard to trim down and say, okay, we're almost done. 
we're going to wrap this up and put a bow on it here in just a couple of days. There's, there's no more good ideas. We're not going out any further. Let's execute to the highest level, which we know we will. But we, we're starting to wrap some of those things up, which I think for some of us is sad as we've put in a lot of time. And it's oftentimes hard to say goodbye as it rolls on to the next city. And, and we look forward to our next big events because Houston's got a whole laundry list coming of amazing things in the future. Yeah, it's kind of like that Christmas morning, right? You've been wrapping presents and wrapping presents and you all open them and you're all looking at each other like, what do we do the rest of the day? <laughs> so you always kind of feel that after, you know, a really big event that you put your heart and soul into. The men's Final Four draws tens of thousands of visitors and fans, regardless of what teams are involved. But with the caveat that we're recording this the day before the second round starts, what would be added locally from an interest standpoint should Houston reach the Final Four or any Texas-based teams? You have the Longhorns are number two seed in their region. You have multiple potential big fan bases locally based that would be kind of, that would have a local tie compared to most times you don't have a host city with a host school involved. Yeah, and, and so it's super exciting. We know that it's going to ignite our city and everybody's really very thrilled and anticipating that. At the same time, we have to balance, right, because all the hotel rooms that have been held um, for visitors and for um, the visiting teams. And so you're balancing those business needs, but at the same time, super excited for your local team. So I, I think Holly and her team have done a really good job of balancing that and getting prepared. I can tell you that Houston is, as a community, is in it. We were out in the rain last night at the watch party on Avenida Houston. So people are excited. They're they're cheering for their, their Texas teams. But Janice is spot on. There's there's the give and take there. And, and we're excited for any of the four teams who make it because this is a memory that those athletes and those student athletes will never forget. And we're excited to be a part of that. How much, Janice, you mentioned the hotel part of things. You know, when you're working with local stakeholders and making sure that those hotels have all the signage, all the details, because people just think of, you know, the, the ones who are watching on TV are just watching the game at the venue. And you're the ones who are trying to make sure that every hotel, every event that's not at the stadium has the the, the right signage and it's in the right spots. And they're, they've got, you know, you're double and triple checking every logo because if you miss one thing, somebody will inevitably on social media post about it. So will you guys be able to take at least for a, t- a, a day or two, a deep breath when it is all over and say, we've pulled it off? Yeah, I think that's one thing that we try really hard in our office because we are a really busy office and we do a lot of big events. And so it's really easy to go, okay, we got to you know unload and then get ready for the next one. But we really try And I try with the team to say, let's take a moment to just breathe this in. Let's celebrate. Let's high five because we just pulled off something spectacular. And time and time again, we do that. And we really do try to set aside time. Of course, people need to rest. (laughs) Um, Holly and her team have been working around the clock and on weekends. And and so there will come that time as well to just kind of rest. But yes, we want to breathe it in. We want to soak it in. We want to enjoy it. Ali, you're the head of the local organizing committee. When, when the, when the, whether it's the semifinals on Saturday night or the championship game on Monday night, what will it be like for you just individually? You know, it's hard to say, and I'm trying not to get ahead of ourselves. We've got a lot to do before we get to Monday championship night. But, you know, I, I think the biggest thing at that point will just be absolute gratitude to the team, to our team, to NCA, to our community who's invested. Like that will be that moment of, man, we did it. We collectively all put it in and it, it paid off. So that that's what I'm looking forward to for sure. But there's a lot that goes on around that week. So the games are the obviously the center point. That's what you see on TV. 
but you have the Fan Fest presented by Capital One. You've got three days of A-list music festival. You've got the Dribble. You've got the Four Miler. I mean, the list goes on and on. So it is a jam-packed weekend of activities. And I know a lot of people miss that if you're not here on the ground during Final Four. But it is an amazing, huge event that lots of people are invested in, even if you're not a diehard basketball fan. So I would say that it's it's a lot going into it. So when you get to Monday night and that last buzzer rings, it's going to be a special moment. You know, there's all these little events on top of the, or as part of the event, right? So when you talk about 3,600 kids dribbling through your streets and, you know, putting a parade route on and keeping everybody safe and just getting them the logistics of getting them their shirts and their balls, like that's an event within an event. And so I think by the time you get to Monday, you're like, okay, we got all of these events behind us. And for, for me, we have a lot of clients in town. So FIFA and college football playoffs and people that want to come and, and see, you know, AAU, they want to see our city when we have a big mega event and how we handle it and, and look at the crowd control and the safety procedures. And so um, I have all of these other events and we have the Astros opening day, you know, and so um, I have a lot of clients coming to that. And so all it's all leading in, you know, the Rockets versus Lakers game on Sunday. I mean, so our city really will be buzzing. And I think for, for me, by the time I get to Monday, it'll be okay, good. <laughs> we, we, we got everybody where they needed to be. Everybody had a great time. And now we can kind of just watch the game. Monday night, you guys both mention it. And this year's final four is for the men is also kind of funny in that as much as the teams that have, that will eventually make their way to Houston will garner attention. But one of the major storylines is not on the court, but instead this will be Jim Nance's final broadcast of the men's final four. What does that mean for you guys, given that he is a very prominent and has deep ties to the Houston community? Yeah, and I don't think that was by mistake. Um, Jim Nance is very special to our community. Uh, we have a Houston Sports Awards. He's a Lifetime Achievement Award winner. We have a very special and good relationship with Jim. And so we are going to make the most of that. And Holly has some um, special surprises um, as part of that, too. Yeah, there's there's nothing more special than getting to hanging it up for Jim here at home. And so we're glad to be a part of that. I know the University of Houston is happy to be a part of that. So anything we can do to make this special and memorable for him is, is what we want to be doing. So we're excited to see some things come out over the weekend of the Final Four and, and be able to just honor him for all that he's done for our community. Well, two weeks to go, at least the time of this recording. Uh, but we hope that everything will continue to go off without a hitch. And Janice and Holly, thank you very much for joining us on the Sports Travel Podcast today. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports event industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Matt Trout for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.